podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the Villa View for what I've titled a match preview for Bristol City, but we know that we're going to predominantly talk about the game we've just watched, Aston Villa versus Rotherham. It's currently half ten, so the game is literally not long finished. So, James, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, Aston Villa make it seven wins on the spin scenes. It's crazy, and I tell you what, um, when you've had a bad day at work, like myself, and you come home and you're thinking, "Oh, Villa, tricky match could be that typical banana skin," and they, they pull that out. You know, it was so unexpected at half time to have done what they did, and uh, unbelievable. I'm so happy, really proud of this team. You know, to win six in a row, like this, that sounds crazy. If we then go to Rotherham and win, that'll be seven in a row. Like, can that run keep going on? Obviously, we won seven under Bruce last season, but the law of averages tell you that that run will come to an end at some point. It almost felt like, okay, maybe tonight will be the night that we'll slip up against a team that are good at home, and this could be the game where you know you almost take your eye off the ball and you, you consider it a game where you go, oh yeah, Villa, Villa will win that. That's an easy one. Put that down as three points and move on. That that's the that those that that's the sort of game that you slip up on. Um, so when we go one nil down and we've missed a penalty, um, it's looking like one of those nights where you go, okay, this could be the one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Rotherham, for their credit, really come out swinging in the first half before you know the red card and then everything we'll go on to speak about. Yeah. In the first fifteen minutes, they really come out to win the game and they look really strong. And Villa weren't even playing bad. It was just Rotherham come out of a high press, played really well, and uh, they were they were going, you know. Full tilt, absolutely running at Villa. Neil Taylor was really under pressure in the first half, and that's long credit throws to, were a problem as well. Yeah, it was all over. It, you know, um, I don't think again. I don't think Villa played exceptionally badly. They just didn't have a chance in that first, um, the first, you know, bit of the first half. It was it was tremendously difficult for them to actually get their foothold onto the game. Yeah, and of course, when we missed the penalty as well, it just went kind of from average to worse. You also sort of roll your eyes, don't you? Go. Oh. Typical Villa, like it's just not going to be our night tonight. Obviously, Mings is sent off two yellows, and it looks like he's trying to chest it. We all know that he's a, he's a classy player. He's not going to intentionally go out, especially on a yellow, and think, "Oh, I've got no other option here but to try and handball it." Obviously, we don't know what Tyrone Mings is thinking, but it looks like from the angle that we can see that he's trying to trying to chest it, and it just catches his arm. But he's leaning into it regardless. So it's one of those ones where whatever his intent was he's given the referee a decision to make because he's gone into the to the ball leaning in with his arm um, the ref gives it I don't think you can probably argue with the penalty it's one of those ones that gets given where sometimes it's one of those ones that you maybe get away with that they sort of give him the benefit of the doubt that he was trying to do it and it's just come off him funny or whatever a yellow card I don't know whether that's a rule that a penalty has to be a yellow card if it's an intentional handball or whatever is that really worthy of a second yellow card <sighs> I'm I'm torn. I mean, at the end of the day, referees kind of just spoil off on. If it was a yellow card offence, it's really the rules of football are crap. They're rubbish because you can't look at a rule and go it's right because it's just it's so contradictory and it always comes down to a ref- referee's opinion or his assistant's opinion and it's always going to upset someone. And in this case, it upset me. I was furious. I was absolutely furious. I thought it was, I thought it was incredibly harsh to give the penalty and the red card. I thought. You got sometimes the referee has to step in and use their common sense, and I think sending a man off, giving the penalty, it's disastrous, especially if it's a yellow card offence. I think 
I, but even then, it's like I'm I'm contradicting myself here. But I'm in, I'm really I'm in two minds about it. As a Villa fan, I'm really annoyed. The implications of not having Toro Mings in that defence potentially without Courtney House. Obviously, we don't know at this stage what his injury situation is. But that back line that's been so consistent and so solid for this seven-game winning run is now sort of gone into jeopardy, and we don't really know who will be playing on Saturday now. And that's a massive disadvantage, obviously, when you're coming up against a side like Bristol City, where it's an absolute six-pointer that you, you have to, you feel like you have to win to, to stand any chance of cementing a place in the playoffs. To be without somebody as good as Toro Mings anyway, and then to have a bit of a makeshift centre-back pairing, whether that's going to be Yedinak in there, whether Hawes is fit, if he comes back in, is he fully fit? A silly sending off sort of throws the season into jeopardy a little bit, potentially. Okay, this run is going to come to an end as it stands, and being 1-0 down at half-time against Rotherham, you've missed a penalty. Tyron Mings has been sent off, you're probably your best centre-back, you're down to 10 men, you're looking at it and going, this is going to be tough for Villa. You come out second half and the manager and Dean Smith's gone, right, we're going to chuck Codger on, get a second strike up there, and we're going to go for it. We know we're better than Rotherham, we're the better side, we're the better footballing side, we're on a great run of form, we're good enough to go out and win this game regardless of the situation. And within sort of seven or eight minutes of the second half, you're two one ahead, and eventually go on see see the game out. And it's that mentality shift of that that different manager going right. We're going to take the game to them. We're not going to sit back and sort of hope that we can get them on the counter and nick a goal. We're going to go no. We're better than Rotherham. We're going to go out and win. And that's so refreshing to see, partly as yeah. a fan, but to keep that run going as well and how important it at this stage of the season is. You can't underestimate that that sort of tactical change. Go no, we're going for it. Yeah, I think um, it's also dare I say, like the slightest bit of arrogance as well because yeah, you're, yeah. A, you're a man down and you're putting Codger on. You, you, we were like so imbalanced, you know, going into the first half because we took out a dome rough, brought Yedinak on and like we were just completely out of shape. But it's also like the chip on the shoulder where he goes in at half time and he thinks, right, I'm making these changes. And you make he, these He must have given them some talking to as well. I yeah, would not like to have been a fly on the wall in that just move. <laughs> no, the football we were playing for our second goal, so we scored the penalty. The football like. we were playing, for, yeah, it was for a handball in the box as well. So at least the referee's been consistent there. But um, the, our second goal was incredible, and the awareness and the, the composure from a, a few, a fair few players. So you got Grealish yeah, and Almo well. involved in this, and Almo's cut back. I was just, my, I dropped my head. I was just like, what has he done there? You should have just put your foot through that. But Grealish is there and the ball's going nowhere and Grealish reacts to it, gets it and just dispatches it. And we could have had a few more. And Rotherham, they did push on, but you're gonna when you're you're the stronger side and you've got a full team. But Villa didn't look weak in the second half at all. And I think that's massive credit to a number of players, including Jonathan Godger and John McGinn, who come out, well, Jonathan Godger come on and he looked a completely different player than oh. he did against Wednesday. Yeah. Um, he was just taking. He was, he was just having a ball. He was, just, he was out, out there having fun, and that's nice to see. But McGinn controlling the entire game, the, the entire time, he wasn't letting them have a rest. Like I don't want to complain about anything, but it's hard to pick things no. out and go, what, what about this? What about that? Because we've won seven on a row. No, yeah, I'm really happy. Six to eight weeks ago, we were going, our oh, season's done. But to win seven in a row and then to play Bristol at Villa Park in front of a packed out crowd, and you're thinking. It's one of those ones where you're rubbing your hands and going, it's going to be a tasty affair, we hope, until it plays out to be a nil-nil. Which I'd probably I mean, Villa, <laughs> Villa are safe regardless. I think a point there is a point gained. I think Bristol City are a side quite similar to Brentford and Brentford always, always give us a challenge. So um, yeah. no difference there in my opinion. But Villa, they've got momentum. I'm not saying Bristol City don't, but it's at Villa Park. I'll throw it behind the home, home side. I think it was a good win against Sheffield Wednesday. It was an even better win against Rotherham. I think we've got yeah. a lot of momentum. There's a lot of faith 
in those wins that you know you get from your own ability. It's not like never say die attitude, and that's yeah, only again, we've, we've now. not played. We've not played great in the last two games, and we've won, we've got six points, which is a classic cliche of a side that is gonna is gonna do well. That you're picking up points when when you're not playing well. Man United of old is is a team that comes to mind where you know obviously going for titles and stuff, and they don't play particularly well, and somehow manage to, to scrape three points. And you think, well, yeah, that's that's a, that's what you need to do to to be up there at the, at the top end of the table, and that's what we've needed to do to get anywhere near the playoffs. We were looking at it and going, well, there's 15 games left or whatever. You've got to win 12 or 13, and at this current rate, that's the kind of form we're on. Where you're looking at it and going, okay, there's five or six left or whatever. We can afford to drop maybe two games, and the way it's going, we might just do that. I think the I think the gap to seventh now is five or six points, and our goal difference is better. Um, Derby obviously lost last night, so that, that's massive. If we beat Bristol Saturday and other results go away, you'll be looking at it and going right. This looks like Villa are not a certainty for playoffs. Obviously, football things change, but are looking good for the playoffs. You just need to keep yeah. winning, and that's what we've done. You, you can't, whatever happens this season, you can't look at Villa and, and look at them and go, oh, what if it was another nearly season? Because we all thought that, we all thought this season was over two months ago, and we've given ourselves a fighting chance. We've put some wins together, which that's what we had to do. And fair play to, the, to Dean Smith, the coaching staff, the players, the fans as well, for, for sticking behind them, because we've done it. To look at a fixture list and go, oh, yeah, well, we've seen seven green W's next to all those games. <laughs> You know, that sort of thing doesn't happen and those are the sort of results that you'll look back on if we do make it into the, the playoffs and if we do go up to the Premier League you'll look back at this run and go there were some real um, moments of grit and determination to get us there but Dean Smith seems to actually have a plan and he's never counting him out I think he's quite cunning and quite tricky because it was I don't think Rotherham would have expected the changes we made and I think Bristol City are probably more smart because they've got Lee Johnson. He's he's a real talent, and that's nothing against Paul Warren in charge of Rotherham. But Lee Johnson really is probably the real deal in terms of Championship managers. Um, he's you know he's Bristol City side of punching above their weight, so I think they'll be expecting a lot more from us that have done their homework. But Dean Smith probably is up for it. I think he'll have a trick up his sleeve. He always does. When we come back from the international break and Scotland play poorly, and you were saying no. Oh, that won't affect John McGinney. He's such a, a good player. That's what this squad's like as a whole. This is what this team's like as a unit where nothing seems to phase us now. And this could all change if the next sort of podcast or the next preview or whatever that we do, Bristol City have hammered us 3-0 on Saturday. We'll be going, ah, oh, back down to reality. But at the moment, you've just got to enjoy what's going on. Every match we've had since Jack Grealish has come back, there's been an aura because Dean Smith, credit to him, has fully turned this club around. And let's not ignore any work done before we came in. But he's taken that a step further, and I think we can all be very happy with the job he's done, regardless of the outcome of this season. So I put a tweet out just before we start recording, saying send me some post-match thoughts, and if there's anything decent, I'll uh, I'll stick them in at the end of the video. So I'm going to read a few out and see if anything takes my fancy. Stephen Deacon says shows that we need to keep the faith and not lose our minds like some did at half time. If nothing else, this run has proved we should trust, believe, and give this team the benefit of a bad half. Fantastic result. Every man ran through walls for us. Worried for Bristol though potential tiredness what do you think is that, is that a factor of course it is yeah um bristol city have an extra day's rest um their yeah. game is just as intense let's not forget that but there's an extra day's rest i think both teams will smartly rotate they're two young smart or fairly young smart or relatively young because they're both bloody 40 i don't know um no lee johnson's 30 still in these 30s i think but um they'll rotate they're, they're not they're not dumb 
they, they know their stuff. So I expect us to rotate. I expect there to be fresh legs and the recovery to be well managed like it always it seems to be at Aston Villa these days. Uh, Ryan B says, Grealish goal, superb. McGinn seemed to do the job of two men. Codger changed the game. What a result. And Matt Jeffries actually put underneath John McGinn equals two men. How, how big was that impact for him? Because obviously he's a, he's a player that covers every blade of grass regardless. But knowing that we're down to 10 men and knowing that he needs to put that extra shift in, he's obviously a big part of, of what's going right at Villa at the moment. The best thing about John McGinn is he seems to just eat the game. And what I mean by that is when the chips are down, when Villa kind of need to burn a bit of the clock away, he does it without like time wasting it yeah. just seems he holds the ball up so well but it's not just that his movement it seems to take so much more time than anyone else and it's, it's not slow by any means it's just the way the way he kicks the ball the way he runs the direction he goes into it seems to just eat up so much time and i think when you're trying to hold quite a slim lead and you know you've got 10 men john mcginn just seems to really step up in those circumstances as he, as he did against blackburn this is yeah. pretty much the same same example where standard he ran john into McGinn, the corner flag standard john mcginn i'm really impressed darren healy says this group of players just get what it means to pull on the villa shirt we're a different beast under dean smith the resilience there that's been missing for years also massive credit to dean smith but also to his staff and the players it's certainly a group effort with no individuals any longer and i think the uh, a hallmark of that is, I don't know if you've seen the clip of Tyro Mings at full time. Like if you didn't know anything about Villa, you go, oh, he's a, he must be a Villa fan. He must be born in Birmingham. He must be, have been here 10 years. He must be club captain. He's alone, eh? And he's been here like four months. And he's like, he's like, he's up here in terms of like giving, giving everything to the club. And there was an interview with him in the week where he left some really nice quotes, but I mean, we've talked about, we might as well rename this channel the Tyro Mings Appreciation Channel or something because we just, it's so easy to say nice things about him. And today, he's been sent off after half an hour. <laughs> but you, you still can't help but love him for it because of the, the, the sort of reputation that comes with him. And just seeing that video of him at the end cheering like that, I've almost forgot that he's been sent off. I'm just like, oh yeah, look at him, what, what a man. To be fair, he's been he's been so good for us that you can let you can let something like that slide. And if it had cost us tonight, maybe that would have been a different conversation. But the fact we've won, he's giving it big at the end. You look at him and go, what a hero! Bit of praise for well, a lot of praise for Jonathan Codger as well. Uh, a couple of comments from Dean. He says Codger was on fire, took it to Rotherham and reaped the rewards. And Lou says Codger rightly criticised at times this season, but what a second half he had, instrumental in that win. Everyone worked their socks off for each other. So proud of them tonight. Do you think Codger starts against Bristol on Saturday now? Uh, it's hard to say. I think maybe. Um, but Amor Algarzi was probably only taken off just for you know, a formation change, not necessarily because he was poor. Um, so I don't. I, I find it hard to see how we would drop uh, Algarzi. But Abraham, it might be a change they consider. I don't think it'll call. be made because... It is a bit again, yeah, it's a big call, but I think that the only way he's getting in is if you drop Tammy. So, if you want to have the conversation about the card being recorded, Tammy's got to go. But I'd stick with Tammy Abraham every day of the week. Um, I'm going to end with this comment from, from it used to be called Big D, but he's changed his name now just to just D and oh, a yeah, rose, yeah. rose emoji. The balance, the poise, the nonchalance, with his free flowing hair, his movie star face, and his socks down low. Jack Grealish isn't just a footballer. Jack Grealish is art. Jack Grealish is poetry given life. And I'm pretty sure I'm in love. So now we go again on Saturday 
for Bristol City for and this is the match preview for that game we've barely talked about Bristol like always but if you're a fan of the channel you know what to expect from us by now um, I think there'll be a podcast obviously after the Bristol game I don't know when it is as yet but keep an eye out there's one every week there'll be fan cams after the game as well I think it's me and Dan doing them well, obviously I'll be there I think it's Dan with me though and we might do a post-match reaction as well after the game if we have time hopefully we're talking about the madness that could be eight in a row for Aston Villa but if you ask me now I'd probably take a draw uh, thank you very much for watching this video subscribe to the YouTube channel vote in the FBAs if you haven't already all the information is down below thank you very much for watching and up the villa that was a weird outro I don't know why I did that Sports Social Podcast Network.